We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the third day of January, the year of our Lord, 2023. I am Johnny Anderson alongside the long lost, I've got my entire house torn up over the holidays, Bruce Adams <laughs> and Pavel. Bruce, we'll start with you today. How are you? How was your holiday and how's your office, your hallway, your kitchen, your living room, your dining room and the garage and all the rest of it? Uh, healthy and alive. Uh, had a great uh, holiday. Um you know, spend time with family. New Year's was uh, rather uneventful, uh, which was nice. Uh, but as far as the uh, remodeling work now at this point, uh, the kitchen has a giant hole in it or trench. We've got the plumbing fixed. We got we, we can use the washing machine again, so we don't have to hand wash our clothes anymore. That's been really nice. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow we've got you know, people coming in, supposed to get clearance for doing flooring and concrete work and walls and uh, all kinds of stuff. Don't forget the lead paint. Yeah. Yeah. Get uh, all that gotta, lead paint gotta, out of there. You got to put a little bit of hair on you. Come on. This is true. This is true. And Pavel, how are you? How was your holiday? It was one big, wonderful celebration, man. Everybody was over. It was quiet. We had a good night. And I haven't watched just TV and said there for a long time. So things are looking up and... um. I don't know, maybe I'll uh, start working out more outside. I think that's a good idea. I'll just go outside more this week. That's my new goal. That's good. That's good. This is the time for resolutions. And and we didn't make any resolutions on the uh, on the last podcast that we did on New Year's Eve. I didn't do that. Uh, and I, I, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not doing resolutions anymore. There's no point. You know, I, I started doing predictions this year instead. I figured that would be the better way to do things because, quite frankly, I think, um, it, and again, this is just my opinion, you know, looking at history and looking at trends and, and things like that. I think that 2023, I think this year, I think this year is going to be more crazy than the last two. What do you guys think? We should make a graph, like a geometric graph and like find variables to measure craziness in, like literally, I mean, because it's all on the internet, like, or write a script that just like looks at pictures and like, oh, this is someone, you know, pictures are there that look like this or, you know, that or that. Keep statistics with the insanity and just laugh at the whole thing. Like you stay home, laugh. And what else is it to do? It's hysterical. I, yeah, I, I guess that's the, I guess that's the question is what are we quantifying as more crazy? Because I, I personally, I think it's going to get more crazy because, you know, we, we've been predicting, hey, uh, social credit's coming, guys. And that alone, uh, the more they they delve into that world, it's going to get crazier and crazier. And to get the population to be on board with it, it has to get crazier and crazier. Society has to look like it's going to collapse or collapse before they, you know, can push the rest of us into it. Beam it up, man. Just throw more coal into it, man. You know, throw the people, throw the coal, whatever burns. As long as as long as the angels ramming, man. You know, I I was talking about this. Uh, we we had this discussion on the uh, on the last podcast we did before the uh, the new year, and it was called the fifteen minute city. Bruce, you've been away for a couple of weeks. I mean, the only reason we did one, and you did stop in a couple of minutes uh, last week just to say hi and catch up with everybody. But um, you, you've been away for a couple of weeks. Have you heard about the fifteen minute city yet? Have you heard about that? That's the newest thing that they're uh, they're mm -hmm. pushing. Paris is going to become one, and of course, this is all going to be like uh, little subdivisions of the tri-state city that they're going to uh, try and attempt to create out of the Netherlands, stretching all the way down into uh, continental Europe. Yeah, um, it's actually uh, interesting. There's a, a popular video game that came out. I guess it's been two years ago now. The entire game takes place inside one of these 15 minute cities it's called cyberpunk 2077 i was able to play a little bit over the oh, wow. holiday and um i guess i should say again and uh yeah that's that's basically what this is you you have all your amenities within uh 15 minute walk uh, of your place uh you're not to be uh 
has it changed? Is it still the five kilometers or is it three kilometers of your it's, home? They don't give an actual, unless I missed it somewhere, they don't give an actual distance. They just say within 15 minutes. So if you can't reach there within 15 minutes yeah. of your little zone, as they said on the, on the Ectolife promo in your zone, in your building, you know, if, if you can't get there in 15 minutes, that's not in your zone. Sorry. You have to pay a premium so, to yeah. get out of there. Your credit. Your social credit goes down to zero. You got it. So yeah, if you if you walk at a normal pace for a human being, roughly uh, three miles per hour in that vicinity is is a uh, average like walk they, speed. But you cannot. But yeah. But do, is there a speed limit also? Because running is allowed, but it's more like they no enjoy. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if this is real yet. But I don't know. Anyhow. I cannot wait till like you can't run all the way because, you know, whatever security reason there is, but you can kind of run and they just promote every athlete promotes the new step. It's the future. It's like I mean, in all those movies, in the movie, you've seen all the movies, do you see Dune? This is how the free men walk. Oh my God. You, you, you won't, <laughs> people won't even really care at that point. If you, if you're only allowed 15 minutes, you're going to be so, you're going to be so, mass psycho, psychosis, they'll eat their way out of the buildings. You're going to be so focused on going to work and just being able to rent everything you own, quote unquote, own. Are you're you going to be so focused on on trying to meet rent that you're not going to care that you can only leave 15 minutes because you don't have enough time, free time to to go anywhere else, to do anything else. So are you, though? I mean, are you even going to be alive? Because jab requirements will be mandatory to to live in one of these well, hell holes, yeah. these hellscapes. Yeah. So are That's you going to be focused on that? I think you're going to be focused on how to stay alive. I tell you what, I'm going to play this promo right here. This is a promo that was put on uh, on Euronews over here on this side of the pond about the 15-minute city. What if you could live in one of the world's great metropoles, but never had to commute? There's a way you could meet all your basic needs within a short walker cycle from home. It's called the 15-minute city. The concept is simple. Plan urban environments with human beings at the center instead of cars. Instead of separate neighborhoods for living, working, and socializing, the 15-minute city imagines places where all three functions coexist. Car parking spots would be turned over to cycle lanes, and existing infrastructure would be transformed into multifunctional spaces. Schools could be used as community centers at night. Disused buildings could be turned into co-working spaces. If this all sounds like some kind of lofty utopia, there are actually places trying to take up the idea, like Melbourne and Paris. In fact, it was the centerpiece of Parisian Mayor Anne Hidalgo's successful re-election campaign last year. Not everyone is enthralled to the idea, though. Critics warn that 15-minute cities could exacerbate existing urban disparities and lead to a kind of tribalism. For others, hyperlocal 15-minute cities could be the answer to solving problems of urban sprawl, while also encouraging community regeneration and green mobility. What do we think? Do we want to move in tomorrow? Yes. Just just thinking of it from a like a an engineering side of things, ignoring the fact that they're wanting vaccinations and hundreds of vaccinations um, digital uh, IDs, before 2030. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, the digital IDs, um, I, you can incorporate that in this. The amount of infrastructure you're going to need, you're going to have to increase the uh, it, reusing buildings. No, that's going to be so like schools and stuff that is so dangerous because then you have you have instances of what happens to uh as an example you have some pervert uh, we don't have that problem right now do we with no, transgender no, of course. stuff but, no no uh yeah that's not not a problem at all what what happens when they start putting up cameras or some you know device oh, or something to, to start totally spying on your kids and the whole thing's yeah. going to be totally surveilled yeah and then on top of that having these sprawling locations like that means every place so everybody in the rural communities and everything are going to have to be brought in, right? So you're going to have more people. More people means you have to go vertical. If you're trying to make a 15-minute city, you you only have so much land you can cover, right? Uh, distance from point A to point B. So either you're going to have the city is just going to continue sprawling out and you're only allowed in certain sectors. You're, you're uh, as, as she mentions there, tribes, that's going to be a problem. You're going to have to go vertical. You're going to have to make buildings taller. You're going to have to, that it's just, you're going to have to do that because the population is going to grow, ignoring the fact that we have uh, the vaccines, ignoring the population uh, control mechanisms. Lord of um, the Rings, I want to be dwarf. 
Dude, I, yeah, no, go underground. I, I big go underground. It yeah. sounds it sounds like an awesome thing. Like imagine I, it like sounds, a fifteen. Yeah, it, it sounds like what you're describing are these beehive complexes in China. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's it's basically like what it'll end up being. It's like it's a, it's insane. They're like, listen, you want to live above ground or below? Human beings are not meant to live underground. I mean, you know, I I love these people that say, oh well, when this happens, I'm going to go into a bunker and I'm going to give me a break with that. That's ridiculous. We're not meant to live underground. <laughs> that's stupid. Mm. But now you got to have let's, some money. Um, yeah, you're you're talking about yeah, you're you're talking about 2030, right? I heard you mention 2030, which oddly enough, that's when they want to have all this stuff done. I don't know what it is about that year. What is it about 2030? They just want to have all this stuff done. Pavel, I'm glad you're here today because walk with me, if you will. Into the year 2030, oh, if you wouldn't God. mind. Let's go to Ukraine. That's where I can bring in your expertise. You've spent a lot of time here over the last uh, six to eight months or so talking about social credit, the digital ID stuff, uh, the way that technology is moving. And now we have the 15-minute cities that are being pushed, right? Well, they want to do this. Yeah, no, no, you're right. They're, they're going through the legislative process in order to do this. But let's look at something that's a little bit larger than the 15-minute city. They want to do this over the entire country of Ukraine. Of course, we see that entire country in turmoil. But what is Zelensky doing along with his government? They're pushing through all of this uh, digital ID, digital currencies, and uh, and social credit passes. Like all this stuff now is is now required. You you have digital passports and all this all these things that are now being issued in Ukraine. And this was an actual ad campaign that was put out of where they want to be by 2030. Listen. Let's look eight years ahead. 2030. The history of the new Ukraine is studied all over the globe. Why? Because Ukraine became the most digital and convenient country in the world. Scripts have replaced bureaucrats. 500,000 former public servants are successfully integrated in the new economy. No more red tape, but paperless. No more banknotes, but cashless. Yes, we became the first country to abandon paper money. Ukraine now has the best tax system for the IT industry and the most affordable e-residency. Thanks to Ukrainian engineers and programmers, the R&D centers of the world's top technology companies operate successfully, and Ukraine ranks first in the world by the number of startups per capita. Ukrainian courts are guided by artificial intelligence, and all notarial acts take place online. Ukrainian customs is fully automatic and the fastest in the world. Customs clearance and car registration can now be done in three clicks from your smartphone. Because of war and internal migration, we have built the most flexible and modern digital education. Brave military and civilians get quality treatment with modern remote monitoring and e-health systems. Ukraine also has the most effective cyber defense in the world. After the horrors of 2022, Ukraine focused on security systems. Now every production facility has its air defense system, and the sleep of Ukrainians is protected by an ultra-modern iron dome. The Ukrainian government is digital, more like an IT company in terms of the efficiency of implementing decisions, and one can register a land plot, start construction, open a business or get a license, and register a car or real estate from a smartphone automatically in one click. Ukraine is the freest and digital. This is all because international partners and the world's leading technology companies supported the Digital for Freedom initiative and united to help Ukraine recover through digitalization. Building a new Ukraine together, free and the fastest, brave and digital. I saw you both shaking your heads. So... You know, we've kind of wondered whether uh, Putin was still a part of the World Economic Forum or not. Yeah. And and what his motives were in Ukraine and all. Well, there you go. That's it. Um, they, needed, they needed somebody to go in and cause turmoil and destruction so that they could go in and rebuild another. With BlackRock. So if, if China is the alpha test of the social credit system, Ukraine will be the beta test. And who did Zelensky just ink a partnership with on his trip to the United States was Larry Fink of BlackRock, wasn't it? And they've signed the deal to rebuild Ukraine. Pavel, you were shaking your head. You, you think that's all just a bunch of cockamamie nonsense, right? I think that, so if Bruce said Ukraine was what version, what did you say? Two point what? Beta. Uh, oh, that beta, be beta. You said beta. Yeah. Oh, I see. I'm, I'm sorry. What about, what, what was the point one? 
It what if China. Ukraine's China? Okay, well, so it, it, China was the first the, one. That's that the we thing. I don't really, know. Like, I'm it. just question. Like, listen, I'm in the United States too. Well, yeah, but we're talking specifically. Spend- yeah, we're talking specifically about the like the di- the creation of a digital society. So China oh, okay. was the first iteration of this, being like the social cre- introduction of social credit system. And by the way, their digital yuan, even their own central bankers are saying, uh, "Yeah, this is not working. Uh, people aren't taking to it." So. Yeah, the digital currency being tested there as well. But it looks to me as just as you said, Bruce, it looks to me like they're going to take that template that they had all the failures that they had of the alpha test of doing this in a society uh, with China. They tried to build China up. Don't forget what they've done. Right. So now they've gone in. They've had to wreck an entire nation to make an entire population destitute, empty the place out, go in with the big hedge funds, rebuild it on their terms. Listen, listen, man, would they, would they, they actually build in hell? Like let's build hell. I'm, uh, you said we're talking about dystopian future, right? That's what More it seems less. like. Yeah. yeah. OK. Ten years. Right. That's what's going to happen. Well, less After than now. Less than okay. seven years from now. That's what okay. they want in seven years. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty they got deep, a lot man. of work ahead of them. Uh, that's a, that's a going to be a lot of work because like uh, you still have the the Russia Ukraine uh, stuff going on that hasn't been settled, and then to build the infrastructure and everything, the rebuild, um, everything. Geez, the 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 kind of stuff that they're talking about there. It seriously. I'm getting vibes from like all the all the major dystopian movies that we've seen uh, in recent years. You have all the vibes there. You you have the you know like Blade Runner, that cyberpunk universe there. You've got the Matrix cyberpunk world there. That's kind of diesel punk cyber, cyberpunk, I guess. And then it, it just all of this like I'm, so I'm more recap. of a video gamer, so I I look at like Warhammer and that kind of stuff, like the Hive Cities and all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, to is, recap. this is all predicted and stuff. Yeah, to recap, yeah. this these are the top 10 things that, that, that were mentioned in that video. 100% online services. Paperless, no more papers, none, zero. Cashless, all digital cash. Digital government, artificial Run intelligence courts. Yep, that's it right there. Artificial intelligence courts with e-notary services. Digital education, Ooh. electronic health, e-health, right? Do you remember what was big during the, uh, the COVID lockdowns and stuff like that? Telemedicine. What did the United States spin up that was used and adopted in multiple countries around the world? Telemedicine. We were the ones that were responsible for that. More to the point, Donald Trump was very influential at getting that, uh, getting that ball rolling. Digital customs. Of course, there's nothing that could go wrong with that, right? Digital customs. Uh, 5G technology nationwide and eventually moving to 6G. And of course, uh, we'll be looking at Starlink and digital literacy. Something else I'd point out is uh, they talked about scripts when they were saying uh, politicians, which is a, a layman's term for algorithm. That's basically what everything's going to be run by is AI. Um, that sounds like a good and a fair future. Who's writing the AI? Who's writing the scripts? Who's writing that algorithm? That's my question, because um, they're the ones that are really running things. I, I, I don't like the idea of, of having uh, I don't like the idea of everything being digital, because then it's not only the elite who control everything, but you could have some upstart that's good in technology and stuff, because look, hackers can be uh, a step ahead of these major corporations, as an example. Microsoft creates a product, they have a loophole or, or a, a backdoor, and then a hacker finds it, exploits it before they're able to close the backdoor. Um, same thing that'll happen here. They'll, they'll have backdoors all over the place. You'll have data loss, uh, you know, your, your privacy will be, um, uh, well, usurped by uh, uh, bad actors. Your money will be uh, siphoned off. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that'll happen that's that's bad that they can't defend against because no matter how good they think they are, you're always going to have some upstart that comes in that is going to be more skilled or just find a loophole and exploit it. And by the time they're able to to react to that, it's already too late. They've already stole millions or billions of people's identities, uh, you know, money, all kinds of stuff, uh, or just wreaked havoc. Uh, so this is this is going to be the future city uh, of tomorrow. No, no, this is I know they want to push us into this. And I know we would we would eventually evolve into this on our own. This would eventually happen if we were left to our own devices. We would create a city like this, maybe not with so much digital stuff. But we would eventually get to this point anyway, because population growth and just, you know, the, the way technology goes, 
we would eventually get there. They're shoving us into this with them at the helm. That's the problem. Here's the thing, though. I was making this point earlier today. COVID was like, like that's what pushed me over the edge in, in terms of like adopting technology. That made me go the opposite direction. I'm like, no, 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 no. Screw you. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with with what you're tracking people with or anything like that. Your software, your little uh, apps that you have to put. Screw you. I want nothing to do with that. I had the opposite reaction to that. And I'm shocked that more people didn't. Now, let's look at to, to that point, to the point you're making with all this tech and everything. This is all going to be done with cooperation with the big tech giants, right? Google, Apple, Microsoft, the big players, right? Cisco Systems, all the rest of it. Who do you think built the social credit system in China during the alpha phase, beta phase, enter Ukraine? What they want to do there? Well, let's look at their stocks over the last year, just the last 12 months. They've lost how much? Like it was a bloodbath for the tech companies in the last 12 months. They still depend, while we're making this um, you know, transition into the next form of our economic, whatever it's going to be, that's still to be determined, by the way. That's not set in stone yet. That's what this year's fight's all gonna, are going to be all about, is how this is going to go. But they still depend largely on how much their companies are worth. And right now, it is not looking good for them. So with your point, Bruce, what comes after this? If the tech companies don't exist as we know them now, what replaces them? Because you can't have a digital infrastructure being built without these companies. So what so replaces them? I, I think we're going to start seeing some legislation that's passed that's going to put regulations in place that's going to stifle any business that comes up that tries to overtake these other companies. And basically, they're going to become uh, government arms. The government's going to bail them out if they're ever in trouble because, well, they they, they maintain our infrastructure that we use. Uh, so, you know, we, we have to, you know, spend hundreds of billions of dollars to improve infrastructure. And then you have hundreds of billions going to these tech giants. Um, why not? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think we would start seeing government involvement and, and uh, say or the government will come in and just say, oh, this is ours now. I mean, this is too vital for um, the American public or any public, whatever. So we're, we need to run it. But they're largely dependent on ad revenue. And if they don't have ads going and, you know, their ad revenue is based on however many people are accessing their systems at any given time. And if you don't have people accessing their systems, then they don't have any money coming in. So if if people walk away from them, they collapse. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, so these these like Facebook and whatnot have been more or less not making money. Uh, for the longest time. And as you said, a lot of the revenue comes from ads uh, and they've been cutting ads and, and you know, not allowing certain people to, to advertise on there if they have certain values like conservatism. So, yeah, you're, you're right. They're losing money, uh, but they still have a large population there. They still have a good base. They still have a lot of data coming in and data is information. Information is power. So, I mean, they're they're selling our data. I I. I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know. They, I know they want to push these things and they want to do them and they're going to do them whether or not um, <laughs> whether or not they have the money, whether or not they have the funds. I don't know. They have to. They're just they're going to they do have it. to. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like pushing a dead, a dead corpse out there in the middle of town square and saying, here it is here. It is, like meta. Right. The, the metaverse. It's like they're they're wheeling out this, <laughs> this thing. It's like it's dead on arrival. And they're like, here, go in here. It's a great thing. Uh, no, it's not. The, the thing is, is they're going to they're going to push these things out. And if the people aren't uptaking, if they're not interested in these things, what's going to end up happening is they will push people into those worlds uh, instead of trying to make their product more appealing. What they'll do is they'll, as an example, uh, they'll have a, a, a pandemic of sorts and uh, you won't be able to go to work anymore. So you're going to have to find a space like. Uh, you know, maybe like Zoom or something that's not secure at all and, you know, can easily be hacked and, and uh, you know, company secrets could get released. I mean, you know, something like that. Or or maybe if you want to still have an office space and still have interaction, you know, maybe you could go into a metaverse. They'll push us into it. They have the mechanisms to push us into those things and convince us that, um, well, this is good. Uh, this is uh, this is for your safety. It's more secure. It's more convenient. I mean, you get to stay at home in your PJs. Of course, it's more convenient and, and still be productive and make money. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a way to try to advertise it to us and at the same time push us into, a, uh, into it with some kind of, you know, like these, these big cities, as an example with Ukraine. 
well, you live in our city. Uh, you're going to be safe from Russian attack. Um, you're not going to have to worry about that. You're going to have all the amenities you want. Uh, the, the only catch is you have to use a digital currency, digital ID, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you're going to be tracked vaccines. and, you know, yeah, take your vaccines. So, no. I'll Safety. Pass. Yes, I'll pass. Safety. Bruce, you know the government tries to keep you safe, right? They know that your wow, safety is, is could have fooled you. Well, safe and effective, Bruce. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. Did you hear about the infrastructure bill? You know, the thing that had more pork in it than a pig farm? Yep. Yeah. Do you know what was in that uh, infrastructure bill that has to do with your safety and my safety and every other American safety? Uh, more money to Ukraine. Well, yes, but that's not to do with your safety directly. You see, there was something that was buried in that infrastructure bill that got rammed through at 1.30 in the morning, I might add, when nobody was paying attention. Yeah. By the way, uh, New Year's Eve, actually on New Year's Eve, I, I love it how these governments do this. New Year's Eve, while the fireworks were going off over here where I am in Central Europe, while the fireworks were going off and everybody was partying, everybody was drunk, everybody was having a good time, the entire nation of Croatia was signed on to the euro currency. I was paying attention. At 12.26 local time is when it got passed. Do you think the Croats were paying attention? I highly doubt it. I don't think very many people at all were paying attention to that. No, but I was. Getting back to your safety. I'm sure that's about safety, too, to be honest. They also signed on to the Schengen uh, law as well, which means no more borders. Yeah, it's free travel. You can. Yeah, it's that's about your safety, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Of course. That's just so they can open up a... Uh, uh, another front of the uh, the migrant invasion trail coming out of the Middle East. That's the only reason they need that. So, um, Bruce, this is actually called a safety device. You were talking about government safety. Well, in this infrastructure bill, it was put in there and it passed that there will be a safety device that will be required on all vehicles in the United States. But see, it doesn't take effect until 2025. So, you won't have to worry about that for a couple of years. It just it doesn't come into play until later. But you know what it's for? It's for drunk drivers. That's what it's for. It's to shut down your car if you're suspected of being a drunk driver. That's what it's for. You don't look convinced as you're twiddling your knife. <laughs> you don't look yeah, convinced. Yeah, yeah. Not convinced at all. Uh, anytime the government does something that uh, is for your safety, of course, is really for controlling you. No, I will continue to hang on to a vehicle that um, does not meet the requirements. And uh, yeah, I was mistaken. They say that uh, this will force every car maker uh, that they now own since the 2008 bailout to add to every new vehicle a, uh, a kill switch by 2026. So three years from now, not two. My apologies. Uh, the device is a remote kill switch that could allow the government, the police and car manufacturers to disable your car from the comfort of their offices to prevent you from using it. I wonder um, if there was, oh, I don't know, say like, um, I know, call me crazy, but if there was something called a, a lockdown or something, is it entirely possible that they could use something like this to, to prevent you from, from traveling? Is that possible? Or worse yet, again, crazy idea. If we had something like a 15-minute city or social credit to go with that 15-minute city, is it possible that... Well, they could shut your car down if you don't meet the requirements of the day or if your score is not high enough or, or something. But remember, or it's for you your travel, safety. It's for your safety. Or you travel too far from your place. Yes. You, know, you go yeah. past the 15 minutes, you get a warning that says you're going too far from your home, and then um, it shuts down. You know, kind of like... It kind, of, it kind of like video games, you know, when you get to the edge of the map, it gives you like a little warning. And then when you keep going too far, uh, you either get teleported or respawn or something like that, you know, uh, kind of similar situation here. They just uh, give you a warning. Uh, you're, you're, you're leaving your sector uh, without clearance and then your vehicle just shuts down. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. You bad citizen, you, you bad citizen. It's interesting how they word this in there. All the bill says on page 135 is the following, that the device must, quote, passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify whether the driver may be impaired and prevent or limit motor vehicle operation if an impairment is detected, i.e. doing any of what you just said. That's an impairment. So why not just have self-driving cars at that point? Why not? That's a good point. Why not? Why That's going to be the next step. Cars. Yeah, you're, you're, it's going to be it's going to be such an annoyance for, for the, you know, the, the device to miss uh, judge you and say that you're driving erratically or you're intoxicated when you aren't because, you know, you'd spotty cell phone coverage or whatever. 
And then, uh, well, you just get a self-driving car or not own one in general and just use public transport. Well, that's the thing. Uh, They say, uh, just curiously, they say that, um, and this is just, you know, me picking up on things. They say passively monitor. Well, then that means that it's always on and you can't shut it off. That's what that means. Yep. And unless you're... You know, skilled enough to know how to shut it off. Then, well, yeah, you know, but then, uh, like, if you it. go in and you start toying with that, then you could. The way that these modern systems are, you literally could screw up nine hundred other things, and the whole car won't work. This is opening the door for just all kinds of bootleg black market. Uh, you're you're going to create an entire new underground uh, with this kind of stuff. This is not going to go well. Uh, they're they're going to sit here and. As I think of the uh, Star Wars phrase, uh, I think it was episode four, uh, when um, Princess Leia was talking to Vader and uh, Governor Tuck, or whatever his name is. I don't remember. Is that the one where you um, recognized your foul stench when she came on board? That yeah, one? yeah, yeah. And, and, and basically she says that the more they tighten their grip, the more they try to get control, the more it's just going to slip through their fingers. That's exactly what's going to happen here is the more they tighten down and clamp down, you're going to have people that are going to create bootleg systems. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have jailbroken uh, software, all kinds of stuff. And they're just going to, you know, create unsafe modifications, as the government will say. And um, yeah, yeah, you'll be able to drive your car wherever you want, as an example, e- even though the manufacturer says uh, we have a kill switch. Well, remove the kill switch. I mean, th- those kind of things. There's another issue I can see with this. They say impairment, but they don't say specifically what that means. Impairment. What does that mean? Are you talking very impairment? Vague. It's very vague. They left it that way intentionally because that could mean a number of things. You could mean impaired, interpreted from a federal court, a state court, or a local court. What the hell do you mean? Impaired. If you go by what these jokers have been saying uh, through COVID, if you didn't take a vaccine, you were mentally impaired. Yep. That's that's the place I was going to go to is that or you have the wrong idea uh, ideology. You're a conservative. I did see this uh, just yesterday that um, there was a new piece out of uh, one of the useless rags in the U.S. that says that um, if you go to the gym, uh, that is a telltale sign of white supremacy. So going to the actually, gym now is, is racist. Actually, a bunch of gym rats, um, they tend to be more conservative minded because they understand the concept of a, of a merit-based system. Because if you don't work out, you don't exercise, you don't have gains, you you don't, you know, get toned, you don't get buff. So there's a lot of people that understand the, the uh, meritocracy, basically. So in that sense, you're, you're learning to discipline yourself. And I mean, it's a step to uh, bettering yourself. It's a step to um, basically enlightening yourself. As you learn discipline like this and and uh, time management, um, you may um, start researching or or you know uh, become more politically active or you know gain some confidence in yourself or something and not need medications anymore or or the government's aid. There's so many things that that doing this um, uh, opens the door to. You you have to have the government has to have some kind of government run or some kind of uh, sponsored program that indoctrinates them and yet makes their populace healthier so they're less of a strain on uh, the, the healthcare system because, you know, the, but at the same time, they can't do that. I, I'm, I'm so, I'm conflicted because you can't do that at the same time because that's shame, that's fat shaming because, you know, fat pride and everything and being fat is okay now and it's healthy and then you had that fat uh, activist, um, fat pride activist who died of a heart attack here recently, uh, last year. At a young age. Technically. At a young age. At a young age, yeah. Don't you see like 30 something or in that area? Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, we've been seeing a lot of that lately. It's climate change. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, you know, shaking their duvet too, too rigorously. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Well, of course, the severe cold, new studies out, severe cold can cause uh, heart attacks, strokes, and, you know, myocardial infarctions. But, no, I, I, I understand. Yeah. But isn't this like the ultimate irony, though, is for a bunch of people that are just sick and, and unhealthy, I'm talking like Bill Gates, they promote health and these governments and the, these people that look like they're reanimated corpses that are up there that sit there and they promote like jab campaigns and stuff like that. 
and pharmaceutical companies, they don't actually mention what you should do. The food companies, they don't actually mention what you should do, which is eating healthy, getting exercise, getting plenty of sunlight, bettering yourself in other ways mentally. I'm not talking about just uh, physical exercise. I'm talking about mental uh, agility as well. These types of things, they don't promote healthy lifestyles. That was one of the biggest marks that we caught you notice the pun I just made there. One of the biggest marks that we caught in the beginning of COVID was, hang on a minute, you're closing down all the things that are supposed to be healthy. You're shutting down all of the gyms. You're limiting access as to what you can buy in, in grocery stores. But yet the liquor stores, the casinos, the strip clubs, those all stayed open. The fast food places, those all stayed open. If you were a mom and pop place that bought fruit and vegetables and meat from the local farmer, you were shut down. You were non-essential. If you're one of the big boxes, oh no, you were fine as long as it was takeaway. They were already set up for that. The mom and pops were not. It's an agenda that is not meant to keep you healthy. As you said, Bruce, if you're healthy, they don't make any money from you. They can't milk anything out of you. You're actually preventing being a burden on the system. I had this talk with somebody over the holidays. I said, you know, I, I understand the, the reason for wanting to provide low-cost health care to a, a country's population. I understand the need for that, right? But explain to me, and believe me, I, I live in a country where they do this. So explain to me why I should have to pay more for some fat slob that eats burgers and drinks beers and, and smokes cigarettes. Why should I have to pay for that? When I say pay for it, I'm talking, why should I have to pay a higher premium? Shouldn't that person that's unhealthy, that refuses to take the steps within their own life to not be a burden on the system, shouldn't they have to pay a higher premium? And the person that's healthy and doesn't become a drain on the system, shouldn't they have to pay a lower premium for being, uh, you know, a, a good, um, how do I put it? Um, yeah, without sounding like it, this dystopian social credit nonsense, being a good, uh, a, you know, a good person, a you know, responsible person, shouldn't you get some kind of a financial incentive for not being a burden to the system as opposed to just living like a slob? I mean, wh why why should that be a thing? It ends up being a circular discussion and you don't get anywhere because everyone just says, well, you know, that's just the way it is and that's how it is. Well, it shouldn't be. That's my point is it shouldn't be. Shouldn't be that way. If you refuse, if you're able-bodied and you refuse to actually take care of yourself, then why should you be given special treatment? Why should that be a thing? We, at the same time, we we have procedures for people that get mixed up in drugs and OD or whatever. We we go out of our way to help those individuals as well. Yeah, and they get relative special treatment. So yeah, but I mean, okay, you're down. Where, where do yeah, you but, draw the line? Yeah, okay, I, I see your point there. But the whole point of this, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is is that people should get themselves to a point where they they aren't dependent on the system like that. They should become that, uh, that self-responsible, uh, healthy individual. I mean, I go out of my way and, I, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because of, you know, something that I do. I'm just saying that there are millions of other people that do exactly this. We go out of our way to be healthy. We don't eat the junk food. We don't eat the processed food. We don't drink. We don't smoke or, or anything like that. We stay away from the chemicals as much as possible. It's damn near impossible to do that these days, but we stay away from that stuff as much as possible. It is difficult. It is very hard. You, you do sacrifice a lot of things, but you don't become medically dependent is my point. You know what the goal of the U.S. pharmaceutical industry is? and the U.S. medical establishment as a, as a whole. It's to get everybody on something, some kind of a pharmaceutical drug. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if you even need it. And that, of course, that also depends on your doctor, because I've known people in the U.S. that have gone to one doctor and they say, oh, you need all these. And then when they go to another doctor for a second opinion, they say, no, you don't need any of that stuff. So I think it's imperative. And, and it's it's I, I think going forward, you know, wh wherever we come out on the other side of this, one thing is certainly clear. The health of people is going to be key going forward. I think that's going to be precedent. I'm not too much concerned about this digital currency stuff. I mean, I've made my, my complaints about that before. I mean, we could sit here and go back and forth about that for now until the end of time. But I'm not really concerned about that because 
Are you going to alienate now every every corner thug that's out there kicking around, you know, selling drugs or whatever? Are you going to put those people on your doorstep? I don't think so. You might be able to get the cartel heads, maybe, but you're not going to get uh, the guy that's running the corner store down there doing business out of the back. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get the guy that's running, I don't know, two, three small communities doing illicit business on the side. You're not going to get them. So that's going to be a whole lot of mess that these bankers don't want. But nonetheless, I'm not really concerned about the digital uh, currency thing. But what I can say is this, and this is, again, this is just my opinion. Maybe you disagree, maybe you agree, I don't know. But my opinion is the following. Health and wellness, that's the new rich. That's the new rich going forward. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. That's going to be a a, a big focus even uh, going forward. Whether or not it's well-intended or, or ill-intended, those are going to be important things in the future because um, look at uh, the COVID vaccine, that, that uh, you know, quote-unquote vaccine, the damage that it's caused, people are going to be hyper-aware of health issues. So yeah, I, I, I agree. This is, this is going to be important. But uh, to your point about the rest of us that didn't get the jab and aren't looking to uh, get any of these new mRNA jabs, it's going to be really important that we take good care of ourselves and stay healthy because it's if they continue going down this road and we start having this uh, social credit system in place, you're going to be required to have these jabs to have health care. Um, now, you're going to have, again, you're going to have these underground, you know, black market systems, if you will. You'll have medical doctors that are more interested in helping people than they are uh, doing the government's bidding. Uh, so you'll you'll find a handful of those. And we've seen a handful of those during COVID. I think that trend will continue. It's just good luck trying to find it. You you want to keep yourself healthy. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's going to be a, an important thing. It really should be an important thing now, even even when things are relatively calm. Relatively but, calm. He says relatively well, calm. We've had the most turmoil in our entire lifetime, like in all of human history. And you're saying relatively calm. <laughs> keep well, calm. It and is relative. If you, calm, if you, if you, if you. If you look at the, the the kind of destruction that they've wrought upon, uh, you know, families and small businesses and everything and, and people's livelihoods, we're in great calm because That's if, true. This, if this level of destruction happened in previous generations, this would have been absolute war. There would have been bloodshed in the streets. I mean, this would have been uh, th- this would be bad in, in previous times. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, relatively, things are pretty peaceful and calm. To that point, and and to the point of being healthy, I mean, we're we're talking here about personal responsibility. We've shown you the way that the system wants to go, right? And our standpoint has been, as as I stated, you know, COVID pushed me over the edge. My standpoint and our standpoint here has been, look, we need to build alternatives away from this because that you don't want any part of that. Whatever it is they're doing, you don't want any part of that because that that is certain death. They promote this uh, great utopian whatever. And if these are the costs of being in that, there's no place in there for you. I hate to tell you that or anybody that uh, you have that are friends and family that think that that's the way to go. You don't survive that. Going down the road of personal responsibility, that requires maturity, doesn't it? Mental maturity. We have a really big problem with this within America specifically, and I'm, I'm seeing it in other countries as well, albeit not as bad. There's actually a term for it now. It's called kidults. Kidults are now responsible for 25%. Let me say that again. Grown adults are now responsible for 25% of all toy sales in the United States. What the hell are we doing? What what kind of a statistic is this? That's what I want to know is what are how are they okay, getting I'll t- this statistic? I'll tell you. Because... I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay. I, I'm I'm baffled by seeing it in the first place. I mean, I understand that people have you know got you know arrested development, kind of, you know, like a arrested well, development. That's not just a TV series. Believe me. How are they quantifying it? Is what I'm getting at because okay. as an adult, if you have kids, you're going to buy the toys as an adult for your kids or for yeah, I, yeah, your niece, I understand. Nephew or yeah, that's not know. this. Yeah, that's not how they're quantifying it. They're quantifying it on like the fans of certain genres. That's how they're quantifying it. That's that's the poll that they took. It's not, uh, and that that's the consumer report that they looked at. It's not the people that are buying them as gifts. These are people that are buying them for themselves. How okay. do they know? Is it based on the 
the the toys that they're selling? Yes, it's that. And the companies are specifically marketing to that demographic. Oh, okay. They're okay. not they're not marketing to to kids. They're marketing to adults. They're marketing toys for adults. The toy gotcha. companies are creating product lines specifically tailored to these types of consumers. They're saying that they're and they've coined the phrase kidults because this is mm-hmm. the new growing demand within the business of the toy manufacturers. And it's mostly men in their late 20s, 30s, and even in their 40s. So in our demographics, right? It's it's in mm-hmm. that in mm-hmm. that range. And they want to be constantly reminded that they get that whatever. They get that that uh what what's that the the dopamine of, of buying that, you know, yeah. the, the new toy or whatever. Yeah. Uh now according I, I to would, I would I would I just real quick, I would I would uh-huh. also throw in this is kind of like the uh Peter Pan syndrome of uh you know, the lost boys how they never wanted to grow up. Uh-huh. That's kind okay. of that's yeah, kind yeah. of what I yeah, they want to constantly I, I be reminded of a lot of childhood. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz as a as a male men are taught not to be men in today's world if that makes sense they yes. you, you're you're taught, toxic yeah yeah it's toxic masculinity if you're if you're a true man's man nowadays what we would have called back in the day a man's man is now considered toxic masculinity but that was that's like how men are wired that's the average way men are wired and if you're not fulfilling certain basic things like you know men require basic things like having a job. Now, I'm not just saying, you know, you, you should have a job and like, cause there's other professions that are, uh, it's a purpose. It's a purpose. Yeah, exactly. You got to have a purpose, but you also have to have sh- something to show for what you're doing. Like you, you have to be able to, you know, I, I built this or I did this and you know, it, you've got to have some kind of worth tied to that because that's the way the male psyche works. And in today's world, you're not allowed to do that anymore. That's ma- uh, toxic masculinity is one of the things, or, you know, you didn't do that, you didn't build that, as Obama said. Um, Those basic ideas are being removed. Now we have this this, um, feminist movement that's basically saying men and women are equal, completely ignoring the fact that men and women aren't equal, that men are skilled at certain things that women just can't do. Uh, and, And it's not anything against women or men. It's that we're we're different. We have different skills and abilities than the the other gender, and that's being removed from society. And so now the purpose of men is being lost, uh, and, it, and they're no longer being taught to be the the protector and provider because that's toxic. You can't have that anymore. So it makes sense that men are are evading and shirking off the responsibilities because uh, uh, why not? And I guess when you do all of that, you buy toys because that's yeah. what you do. I suppose I don't know. This is this is ridiculous. Uh, according to the chief brand officer at the toy company Jazzwares, he says that these kids at heart are responsible for one fourth of all toy sales annually, around nine billion dollars worth. Nine billion dollars? You serious? And the biggest driver of the growth throughout the industry. The definition of adulthood has definitely evolved. That's where the marketing comes in. He says, what it used to mean to be an adult was to be a very upstanding, serious member of society. And to do that, you had to demonstrate it intellectually, emotionally, and in every other single way. Well, I can tell you that we don't do that. Not anymore. At least on a on a mass scale. Do you know how hard it is to actually sit down and have a conversation with somebody? I was talking to somebody this morning, actually, and they were saying that they had family and friends and stuff, you know, the holiday season and everything. He and his wife went out with another couple that they've known for years. These are supposedly bright, intelligent people, right? As in, you know, professional and, and all that stuff, bright, intelligent people. As they're sitting there, now, mind you, the guy that's sitting there that's having the con- initiating the conversation, he's a Bible scholar, okay? So, I mean, he's he's very theologically rounded, shall we say. He's a Bible scholar. That's what he does. And he also was able to very early on pick up on this fake agenda with this COVID thing, this vaccine that's going around. Not only was he religiously saying, "Okay, yeah, that's not for me. He said, "Okay, I'm going to look at the actual science and the hard data behind it before I start talking to anybody about this. And so he did. As he's sitting there having this conversation, or at least attempting to, telling people not about the theological side of things, but about the scientific side of things, they're just sitting there shaking their heads, like nodding and and just saying, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, just what it doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, let's move on. And he continued to push and said, look, you know, if people just look at this information, it's like people don't and more nodding ensued. They just don't want to hear it. 
people just don't want to hear it. They don't want to grow up and they don't want to admit that they've been conned is what it comes down to. People don't want to have a serious discussion about what's going on. Everyone wants to go back to their comfy, whatever it is. I mean, Americans and, and Westerners in general, man, we are comfortable, aren't we? My God, we are comfortable. We're comfortable with our Netflix. We got our fast food. We got our comfy chair. We got our nice soft bed. We got our heating, our cooling, you know, all the rest of it. We got our cars. We got food in the stores. We got electricity. We got running water. We're happy, aren't we? I guess we're happy until we're not. There's also uh, an element of because of this whole uh, what, what are we on like third or fourth wave feminism or whatever that whatever we're at now. I think it's four. Well, um, whatever wave we're on, it's gotten to the point now where the feminists are being pushed out. Yeah, they're they're being pushed out. Yeah, because of this push that we're having don't get me wrong i'm for the equality and everything right men and women are should be equal in our society sure. right sure. I, I agree with that sure but we also need to understand that men and women are different that there are skills and and things that men bring to the table that women can't and women bring things to the table that men can't that, that we should understand that and accept that and then also tailor our society around those ideas like we used to. But because of the push that's happening now, women are becoming um, more career minded and less family minded. So they uh, focus on careers first and then eventually uh, before the biological clock starts ticking away, uh, they're like, oh, crap, I got to get busy and have a family if I want a family. And then by that time, they've a lot of baggage is built up or they've gone through multiple marriages or what have you. Uh, and men are just like, why do I want to get married? I'm I'm living a nice life, a, a mediocre life, a, a, a comfortable mediocre life, buying my toys or playing video games on my spare time or or watching Netflix or, you know, hanging out with the friends or, uh, you know, pulling up my favorite app and getting laid or something like that, because women are all too willing nowadays to spread. Only if you're Unfortunately, vaccinated. that makes you more. Only, well, yeah, especially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because of those trends nowadays, why would men want to take up responsibility and, and be men? So I think that's also helping drive those sales that you're talking about is uh, men are, are they're, they're just getting involved in other thing, other hobbies and whatnot and spending the money there instead of raising a family like traditionally would happen. Uh, and instead of focusing on the generation that's coming uh, and building the generation, the next generation to replace them, instead of doing that, they're, you know, having some fun, just enjoying themselves. Apart from building the parallel society, as in uh, away from that, apart from that, do you do you see any, I guess, okay, let, let's go this way with it, because the, as I said, the guy I was uh, talking about was uh, was a Bible scholar, right? Now, at this particular point in time, the, the good book says that once you get rid of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, once you get rid of, I don't know if it's necessarily personal responsibility, but once you get rid of like morality, Everything becomes a spiraling downward trend into the abyss. It gets so fast and you cannot stop it. And I'm talking like Tower of Babylon kind of stuff. Yeah, do you see, yeah if you look at... Do you see a way out yeah, is, is, is what I'm asking. Is in from, from that perspective, do you see a way out? Do you see, or, or rather an alternative maybe to rectify yeah, the situation? I mean, sure. I mean, you look at uh, Tower of Babel, uh, confusion of language. Um, that was the way out. That was the way forward. I mean, the, the thing is, is... Uh, this is going, <laughs> if this is another Tower of Babel scenario, we Which are going to see to a collapse. It seems it to be because they're they're changing like the language and everything. Like we, we can't even keep up with it. They're changing stuff. It seems like every 90 yeah. days now. Yeah. And they're also calling themselves gods uh, as, um, what, what, what's his name? Harari. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Harari. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he's calling himself a god more or less. And and um that's exactly what the Tower of Babel was about, is they were building a tower to loft themselves above God and become gods themselves. And in the in in scripture, actually, the Bible says that there's very little men can do, uh, cannot do, excuse me, there's very little men cannot do when they work together. Um, that's true. I mean, uh, but all that to say, Tower of Babel, if we're in another scenario like that, yeah, there's a way out. The problem is, is it's through. There, There is no way out as in an ejection button. There isn't one. You're going to see another Tower Babel event, Babel, uh, a confusion of language, massive confusion of language, not just the, the twisting and, and turnings that we have now. It's going to be a catastrophic event that causes uh, basically great turmoil between nations and tribes, 
to where they no longer understand one another. Like you, you have one tribe. Uh, it, it, we're we're talking to to put it in comparison. One tribe, as in like you have one part of the city, a, a city, uh, like uh, New York. Take the boroughs, right? You've got one borough that does not speak the same language as another borough. All of a sudden, overnight, just like that. That's the kind of turmoil that we're talking about. Like this, if this is a Babel scenario, I'm not saying that language is going to be confused and those kind of things. What I'm saying is the severity of what's happening. You'll have something as severe as that. Um, so in other words, catastrophic, um, you, you, we could have uh, uh, some kind of massive weather events. We could have some kind of, um, uh, you know, pandemic, uh, economic collapse. I'm I'm leaning more towards economic collapse because when you look towards um, countries interacting with one another, that's more or less how they interact with each other is through economies. Oh, pandemics um, now. So too. I'm 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 kind of yeah. Uh, so I I think economy is going to be. I, I think that's going to be really where where we're hit the hardest. Uh, and and. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe maybe technology will get take a hit as well. Maybe there'll be some kind of catastrophic event, like a um, some kind of solar flare or something that kicks every uh, energy out. You know, well, power that's the end of their digital and, their digital utopia. That's the end of their digital world. Yeah, I can tell you, uh, that's it. Doesn't that's matter the, what you do at that point. That's the end of it. Like that's the end of all of it. Uh, we're we're two hundred years in the past. Is where we are. We're horse and buggy. There is there is still hope that the average person wakes up. And stands up and says, "No, no more. We're not going this way." And when enough people stand up, there's nothing. I, the, honestly, they can't do anything. I think, yeah, I, th I think, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm just looking at the numbers that are out now. I think another round of jabs is going to do it. Uh, I think another another pandemic or, or something, or you know, because that was my prediction for 2023. I said I think they're going to throw another one out because because we've got another presidential election coming up, and they're going to have to start hyping that up now. They're going to have to start hyping that fear up now because everybody's declared and they're going to be on the campaign trail and, and they're going to need something now, just like they did the last time. So it's going to be uh, about a year out, which we're about a year out, and it's going to be that. I think yep. that's going to be the next one. The timeline fits. We're trending exactly as we were in 2019 and going into 2020. So I think that's going to be it. And I, I've There's read caveat, several. Though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, real quick. There's a caveat because we also have all the information coming out about the jabs and how many people are getting harmed by them. Yes. That information is all coming out at the same time. That's my point right there. Oh, I, I got you. Is, okay. is that. That's why I'm saying another round of jabs is going to do it because if you look at the uptake, so let's look at just the 18 to 29 demographic, okay, in the U.S., just the U.S. I was looking at these statistics this morning. 18 to 29, they had a 66% uptake in the first round of COVID vaccines. When they started rolling out the boosters, less than 5%. So I think you're going to see dismal numbers from here on out because of what's happened. Oh, but don't worry. Every vaccine going forward is now going to be mRNA. So uh, any of the new vaccines that come out, mRNA, you're going to start seeing injuries from the mRNA. The, the, the thing is, is the, the damage that's been done, they can't hide it anymore. So they'll try to, to gin up some kind of hysteria between climate change or uh, disease or I don't know. Is it oh, they're cranking it all something. up now. They're cranking it all up now. They're they're doing everything they can. They're blaming this on on everything: climate change, cold weather. You know, it's like you you name it. I, shaking your duvet out, picking vegetables, all of it. You know, uh, breathing whistles at the football game. <laughs> like they're blaming it on everything. Well, it's been a uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. Unfortunately, Pavel had to step out. He had some technical difficulties. Uh, so hopefully, we'll get him back next week. But uh, Bruce, it's been a great day uh, having you back. It's been a while. To be back. So. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get you uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. If we can get you those two days for, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe we can do short ones or something that day because I know you got a lot going on over there. But if we can get a couple of days of, you know, 20 to, to 30 minutes, you know, I think that'd be more than sufficient considering there's a lot that's coming out uh, in the last couple of days. But honestly, we're talking about kid adults for God's sake. So there's really not a whole <laughs> lot. They're, they're doing uh, they're, like they're doing all this, you know, everybody's coming back now because it's the first of the year. And I don't even think a lot of the government people and a lot of the media people they're not even back until next week yeah it's probably going to be a, another you know another slow news week i'm still seeing the same oh. headlines i saw 72 hours ago well the the insurance adjuster isn't back uh, from vacation until like tomorrow or something like oh, that wow. or he just got back today and yeah. here we had that big freeze uh i was talking to the contractor and he was saying that um just one uh insurance guy that he knows just one had over 36 
uh, new claims within a 24 hour period just from that freeze. People's wow. water lines busting. So yeah, crazy. If they're just getting back on vacation as adjusters after a big uh, freeze, you know, uh, of course these other lesser companies and and positions are going to. I say lesser, less important. Uh, you know, like news and stuff like that. I mean, it's important, but it's not as important as I don't know getting your house fixed after a. <laughs> you know. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we will see you for the uh, the rest of the week, but we will take that as it comes to us. So uh, I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, again, Pavel, I had to step out. Hopefully we'll get him back next week. We will not be having Weston on this week. He will be back next week because he's still uh, dealing with uh, holiday travels and things that he's traveling cross country. So uh, we won't get him back until next week, uh, but we should have uh, Marty and Ned towards the end of the week and first part of next week. So we'll go ahead and call this one done. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener and welcome to all of the new listeners that we picked up over the holiday season. Welcome to all of you. We hope you enjoy the podcast you're hearing and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been a fantastic conversation, Bruce. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.